Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And as we normally begin these shows, I have to get, get, get something off my chest here. You know, normally when you have a cheater, normally when you have someone who's been caught cheating, they Whoa. just disappear, and they're never seen from again, and they, what they accomplished is tainted, and they are painted with the uh, brush of a tainted cheater, and they disappear into oblivion, never to be seen from or heard again. I hate my That's school. the opposite of the Houston Astros. Not only... Not only have they continued to succeed, my goodness, they've gotten better. Now they got Justin Verlander back. And the problem is when you look at what they've done since they cheated, that's factually correct, not an opinion, factually proven. They cheated to beat the Dodgers to steal that World Series back in 2017. And if they would have just gone away, that would have been that. But my goodness, they've won. They've won legitimately, and they continue to win. And now following the acquisition, reacquisition of Justin Verlander at the trade deadline, they are once again in position to, if not win a World Series, I mean, they're, they're, they're right there in the thick of things. So, Brandon, I'm going to start with you, because, again, it would have been very simple if they would have just fallen off the face of the earth They've been like, oh, what a blip in the in that in the timeline here. That should have been the Dodgers World Series. Now, when you look at it historically, yes, they cheated, but there's a lot of people who might say, look at what the well, look at what they've done historically. That would have probably been a seven-game series, and you Darvish would have probably still crapped the bed and had a poor <laughs> performance. Brandon, your thoughts? I'm kind of bummed that Houston continues to succeed. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying, right? Like, I, there's nothing you can do really about that situation. They tanked for years. Um, I think that's admirable. They're tanking. It was like pretty, pretty generational how bad they were um, to get all the draft picks they got and the trades they were able to pull off the Dodgers. Like I mentioned yesterday with Jordan Alvarez, the Dodgers did a, played a big part, not only losing to them, it wasn't their fault because of the sign stealing, but giving them Jordan Alvarez, which now is helping them you know, kind of stay in the mix. And Houston doesn't have a great farm system. They're built to win now. They used to. All these guys are up now. And they traded their last two great prospects for Verlander back. They're trying to repeat, win two, you know, three World Series, possibly even four. And I think it's, regardless of their cheating, I wouldn't say they're doing that anymore. I mean, their last World Series was definitely valid. I think Dusty Baker's an excellent human being and a great manager. Um, and I just think like now when you look at that team, sure, some of those players were on the team left, like Bregman, you know, guys, they get booed everywhere. But it's not Dusty's fault. It's not Jordan Alvarez's fault. It's not a lot of these guys' fault who weren't on the team or within the organization when that happened, right? So I think now we start to see the validity of these world championships like last year and the following year. But I agree, the Dodgers championship should be tainted for sure. Yeah, listen, guys, I mean, it would have been great if they would have disappeared. It's a little bit like the New England Patriots, right, when they had their cheating scandal. 
they followed that up with the perfect season. Yes, they lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. But it's like these teams have these really big scandals. Like the number one thing you can't do in sports, the beauty of sports is that it's fair, right? And at the end of the day, you look at the scoreboard and who wins. And if you cheat, it's like, you know what? Screw you. You cheated. What the heck am I watching here? And both the Patriots and Houston have gotten even stronger. They've gotten even better. It's frustrating. Well, listen, first of all, I apologize. About a minute ago, I glitched out. Okay, so I'm sorry, guys. But I'm back. And, you know, this is a great point because when people are listening to this, I will be on a flight to Detroit for WWE SummerSlam. And, Mr. Markazi, you should know better than Armand and Brandon. Sports, wrestling, life, everything is better with a heel. You know what I mean? And to see a team that legitimately cheated and then got good is very reminiscent to a Roman Reigns who's already a generational superstar player and then somehow elevated his game to the point of now he's doing something that people thought would never happen, which is be the champion and carry the company for like four straight years and he hasn't lost. Do you lost. not see the difference? That's scripted. No, no. That's, scripted. That, that's fine, but th- whether it's scripted or not, as far as I'm concerned, we're all viewing it for the same reason, which is entertainment. Oh. And in entertainment, when you have something that you can hate, that you dislike, me being an Ohio State fan, the fact that I hate Michigan, I could know nothing about my team going into this season, but I'm ready for the third November uh, for that matchup, the third week, the third Saturday in November. I'm ready for these things because I know who my rivalries are. That's what sells. So now we have a team that even if I'm a casual baseball fan and I'm in Baltimore, some random city, Baltimore is a bad example because they're doing good. If I'm in a city where my team's not doing good, you know what sounds good though? Me and my bros going to a game and haggling this team because they're cheaters because they're cheaters excuse me everybody <laughs> like in wrestling the worst thing is you don't want someone to like not give you a reaction you either want them to love you or to hate you and everyone seems to hate the astros and yeah. for me when you're looking at all these storylines in baseball it's good that we have that it kind of replaces the Yankees if the Yankees aren't doing good for the country but, to just hate a team. But do you see, so the difference is the beauty of Roman Reigns is that he's a heel and that's part of the storyline and his winning streak is part of the storyline and his scripted entertainment. And I love it. I'm right there with you. I love it. I'm super jealous. You're going to be in Detroit. I'm going to be watching on pay-per-view. The difference is, if you're watching legitimate sports competition, again, there's a difference, and I love both, and I, and I know why I love scripted, and I know why I love legitimate. Yes, they're a heel, but they cheated. Like, I mean, the number one thing that you want to see if you're watching a sports competition, well, that I means that's what we're talking about here. So we were talking about if they cheated, you cheated the system. You did not play fairly. If I'm watching WWE... And Paul Heyman, uh, you know, hits someone with a belt or a chair. Like, I'm not going to be, like, pissed off. I'm going to be happy because Paul Heyman is so great at what he does. And Roman Reigns is so great at what he does. If you're watching legitimate sports competition, you don't want someone cheating. Yeah, but you're taking it way too literal. All I'm saying is the fact that there's someone that is powerful and that is hated and that you have that. 
Because, like, if you look at sports in, in that way, it's not the same thing. Like, the Astros legitimately cheated and they broke the rules. Baseball's weird because that's what everyone's trying to do. But then I could look at the NBA and see if I, whatever super team signing all these veterans to league minimums. And you're like, well, wait a minute. That's not fair because that's not what's supposed to be going on. Like, we're past the point of them cheating. That was years ago. This is a new set and they're still doing great. And the good yeah, thing that was, yeah. is we still can say, but you're still cheaters. The foundation yeah. of the greatness was built off of that. And that's good for the sport, in my opinion. Sorry, Dodgers fans, in my opinion. And I think there's two things to add here to this situation. I think the first thing is, Adrian, you're absolutely right. It's great to have that common enemy. Everything in life, if you just think about every single conflict in life or when people come together, they're looking at a common enemy. You know, group think. We see it in politics. We see it with world leaders, religion, all that. There's a common enemy and they love their whole vision and their whole success and mindset is based on defeating that common enemy, right? Or having a good time defeating or trying to defeat that common enemy. It's everything in life, right? In sports, it works. And the second thing is, okay, um, the Houston Astros, they're, they're always going to be heckled and, and all that stuff, right? And yes, that, that's, that's, I guess, some punishment, but Rob Manfred, the reason why he's not viewed as a good commissioner to the fans, he's an owner's commissioner. He stands up for them. Is because partly the punishment he had on the Astros, which was, you know, too not not severe enough, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, AJ Hinch got hired right away on the Tigers. Cora went to the Red Sox. You know, they even got caught him on the Red Sox, and he's managing <laughs> again now. Um, and it's like don't give Do the Dodgers the world series, right? Cause I wouldn't feel right. They didn't no. win, even though, even though it was, it was, they probably should have, but at the same time, strip that world series. I mean, yeah. way more than that, like find them for years. And like, they had to come up and they're just, the punishment was so weak. It just incentivizes more teams to cheat and find ways to cheat. Yeah. As much as I don't condone cheating and I think it's wrong and abhorrent and you should not do it. There is also a level of extreme skill that it takes to make it to the finals, to the World Series, to all these levels of greatness. It's not only because of cheating. It's also because you're really good. The, inc the, uh, the incident that really changed my perspective on these things was Deflategate because you had a New England Patriots team demolish, and I mean absolutely destroy the Indianapolis Colts. I think it was 45-7. to 7. And then after the game, you had Jim Irsay and the Colts saying, well, the footballs were deflated, so this team, you know, it should have like some sort of asterisk on it. No, you got your butts kicked. The Houston Astros thing is completely different because obviously there is more, um, you know, validity to, to the statements made by the Dodgers and by other teams and the investigation that went into it. But still, it's like the Astros were really good and they are really good. And yes, the World Series has a massive asterisk on it, but this organization has a lot of good baseball players, and they're going to be good probably for the foreseeable future, just like the Patriots dynasty. It's not, you know. Well, Armand, I, I also thought you were going to go a different angle of like, not only is the team good, but I thought there's also a skill level in what they did. There's a skill oh. level. In cheating and in baseball in particular, you guys can laugh. Like I'm, I'm being, I am being serious though, because if if we lay it out, hockey, 
football, basketball, and baseball. What sport has the history of trying to gain the advantage by any means necessary? And by far, it's baseball. And the Astros weren't the only team that were doing that. They were the they were the smartest ones and using the most technology and and the Apple Watches and blah 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 blah. But like it's easy to like let's just pile on the Astros cuz they're the ones that got caught or they did it the best, I guess in theory. You know what I'm saying? So, it's also like we can be mad at the team but then be mad at the sport because this is what manifests in a in a game of everyone trying to win and only one champion by any means necessary is every franchise trying to get every advantage no matter what resources they have they're going to try to maximize them and that's ultimately what happened yeah i think the issue is when you know technology comes into play because i think in baseball you're 100% right there are players who can look at a pitcher and and know what what pitch he's going to throw you can steal signs with not technology. Again, there are certain ways that you can quote unquote cheat that aren't really cheating. Uh, but again, when technology is involved and you get cameras in place and trash cans and the banging of trash cans and stuff like that, I think that's where the problem comes into place. But so the issue was that I think as time goes by and the more that they win, it'll be a little bit like the Patriots where if you don't like the Patriots or you lost to the Patriots or something along those lines, you will always view the Patriots in a certain light. You'll always view them as deflate gate, as the team that, um, that, that, that shot the team practicing, you know, has things like that. But at the end of the day, you can't disagree or you can't go against what is it? Six Super Bowl championships. And so if Houston continues to win, if you're a Dodgers fan, you will always view them in a certain light. Historically speaking, though, I mean, if they continue this amazing run of continuing to win and they win the World Series again, it'll be a little bit like that. So the frustrating thing for me, and again, enough time has gone by. We've got to move on at some point. But I'm like, they could have just been viewed as cheaters, full stop. But they will be viewed as, if this continues, one of the historically great teams of all time. Rightfully and so. And also... Right. Well, like, of course. I know. Yeah. Rightfully so. And, and the last thing I wanted to add to in college when I wasn't pitching on my off days, because you don't pitch obviously every day, me and the rest of the pitching staff would always try and steal signs, like pick up on stuff, you know, from the other dugout. Like that's just what we did. That's what they do in baseball. But Arash is right. When you bring in technology, this new way of cheating, you know, like that's just to a whole nother level. If you figure it out on your own and, and then you find solution, like, it's baby. different. That's solution. No, that's, that's like, cheating. That's cheating. If you try and steal signs the correct way, like you're able to do it on your own without the use of something other teams can't have. Like if everyone was doing it, it'd be different. That's like, not. But like that's that's but everyone has access to this thing now. So it wasn't like Apple gave them an exclusive watch that's blah 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 blah. Like things evolve and now technology is involved because it exists. If it was in the forties and the thirties and the fifties, they would have been doing the same damn thing. The same the same damn thing. And the other thing I want to touch on too is regardless of the hatred that Dodgers fans should have for having a World Series stolen, this thing is good for baseball. The fact that there's a team that did this and it exists and they're still competitive and still in the hunt, like it's good for baseball to have that team that everyone dislikes. I'm sorry. I think it's good for the for the league. 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I like that there's a heel, and generally speaking, and again, I don't condone the cheating, but enough time has gone by that this team has proven themselves without cheating to be a, histor- a, a historically great team. Is this your least favorite heel of all time, The this Astro? Well, so here's the thing. I'll tell you what. I like a heel if it's done within the context of uh, sports and not cheating. I'll give you an example. The big three with the Miami Heat, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, they embraced them being heels. Like, and again, they did it fair and square. Again, Adrian doesn't like it, but at the end of the day, they got, they got together, they put up the, the NWO sign, and they said, hey, listen, we're, we're all going to take pay cuts, we're going to come to South Beach, and we're going to win. Now, listen, they went to four straight finals, they only won two. At the end of the day, though, they didn't cheat the system. They just basically all came together and say, hey, we know there's a salary cap. If you take this, Dwayne Wade, you take that, Chris Buzz, you take that, we can come together and we can do something great. And everyone hated them outside of the Heat fans, and they should have. Well, my reaction wasn't like, obviously, I, I didn't like this. <laughs> I'm saying is that that first year they did take the heel approach. LeBron's like, you know what? You want to hate me, and I make more money than you, so let's go. And, right. he, and he talks about it still to this day, um, that like he did not like being in that position. That wasn't, yeah. you know, he tried it. It didn't work out for them. And then moving on, they kind of changed their mentality and embraced different things. Like when they tried to go full NWO, yeah. and obviously they didn't win, and they lost, and all the jokes about the Mavericks is Dirk Nowinski goes into the Hall of Fame. Shout out to them. Um, cause they went through a lot to win that championship and super underrated, but they tried to embrace that and it didn't work out. Um, I think the obvious one is also Draymond Green's another one that isn't, that yeah. it isn't cheating. Um, but, but that's a heel in sports, but all these different things, like they manifest themselves into giving people a storyline that even outside of sports, like I have people in my family that despise Draymond Green that don't care about basketball. Because my grandma says, that just ain't right. He can't be kicking people where he's kicking them. What is he doing? (laughs) Like, it's that same type of thing. And so to say that they're cheating, it's like that just infuriates everyone because they can relate to that in so many different aspects. So I'm not saying shout out to the Astros. I mean, hell, the 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 Guardians face them in that in the playoffs. And they that was the first sign of them getting caught. So it is what it is. It sucks, but it is good for the sport. It's one of those things. You're going to see this in college sports now because I I, I don't think that they can revert back to what it was. I think these players will continue to get paid, and I think the bigger programs like USC will continue to to be able to, quite frankly, and now it's above board, pay for these players. So you're going to have some, like, Ted DiBiase heels out there too where, like, you want that player? All right, but we're going to give them – a hundred thousand dollar like nil deal with this car dealership, uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and so. Make some I, and again, if you are not a USC Trojan, I would dislike that practice too because I'm like, come on, they're paying for these players, and it's like, yeah, because you can now. So, again, I do think that that's good for sports. I love it. I think when when the new rules came into place, I was like, oh. Chef's kiss. This is beautiful because USC at, back in its heyday was at its best 
when it was paying players. <laughs> That's the way it should be done. And by the way, I have no issue. I have no issue with Reggie Bush getting his. I have no issue with Matt Leinart getting his. You got 100,000 people at the Coliseum wearing number five jerseys, number 11 jerseys. If you don't think these kids should get a cut, a cut, just a little sliver of it, you got something else coming to you. And by the way, they do now, and that's that. It's, you know, there's nothing that we can do. I, I know a lot of coaches out there don't like it. A lot of fans out there don't like it. It's the have and have nots, and we're seeing that in play with conferences right now. We talked about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and stuff like that. At the end of the day, it's kind of like the NWO. It got a little bit too big at the end where you had, like, you know, a lot of people joined that probably shouldn't have. But if you weren't with the NWO, you weren't really at the top of the heap. So, anyways, we'll leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Marissa Flores, she was at Rams camp yesterday, so we'll catch up with her. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. And joining us from the Sporting Tribune, Marissa Flores. Marissa, how are you? Good. How are you both? Good. You are at the beach. You are living the good life, my friend. Let's start here. You are at Rams camp. Um, I think a lot of Rams fans are a little bit worried. They want to get through camp without anyone getting hurt. And so when we heard and that you wrote that Cooper Cup walked off the field gingerly or, uh, you know, he, he, he left practice early. Um, what are your thoughts there? Like, any concerns there? Yeah, actually, so I didn't see him go down. I saw him during warm-ups and a little bit in the first half, and then I actually found out about towards the end of practice that he had left. I didn't even see him leave. And according to McVeigh at the end of practice, too, he wasn't updated, and he didn't really get to see. Stafford said he didn't see him go down as well. Also, he didn't really have anything for us, but to hear later on that it was confirmed a hamstring, it had to have been pretty bad or pretty painful. So I didn't get to see him walk off, but definitely some sad news, and he's expected to be out, I'd assume, for at least a few weeks with as serious as a hamstring is. Yeah. And by the way, so you were at a couple of red carpets. I know the, the crew will ask you. Um, the, the blue carpet, the, the Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw's Challenge, that's one of my favorite events because generally speaking, you can't drink and eat and play ping pong on the field at Dodger Stadium. You talk to a lot of big names, a lot of big celebrities. What was the highlight there? Oh, I mean, probably just personality-wise, The Miz. I mean, you know Arash, you're a big WWE fan. He just came in with just this bright boost of energy. Some of 
the reporters and photogs were ready to get things started, kind of feeling dead. So when he came out, it really got the party started. And from there, it was smooth sailing. So even seeing Breaking Bad stars like Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul show up and being able to ask them questions was a blast. But also catching up with the Dodgers roster. I mean, it was my first time being able to cover a Dodgers event. So seeing some of the rookies come in as well as some of the vets, it was a great time. Also, by the way, at the Sporting Trib on all social media sites, check out that content. <laughs> out here killing it. Um, all right, let's talk red carpet, okay? Um, <laughs> you, we brought up the blue carpet with the Dodgers. You also were at the ESPYs a few weeks ago. Again, Sporting Trib, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You should go check it out. Um, talk to me about the vibes because they felt, through your, your videos and your content, they felt immaculate. But from your perspective, were they? Absolutely. Oh, no, they were. I was completely starstruck the whole time. So some of the bigger names like Chris Paul, you know, some of uh, Kyrie I got to see in passing. I didn't get to ask them questions, but I made sure you saw that TikTok to at least snap a video of them walking by because it was insane seeing the amount of talent that was there, not just athletes, but from around the world, celebrities, stars. It was an amazing time. Musicians to her. I've been a fan of her for years and now seeing her wave to my camera right in front of me. It was so <laughs> surreal, but a great energy there for sure. I want to talk about your game plan going into a red carpet because the lucky thing for us, the Sporting Tribune, LA, Las Vegas, a lot of parties, a lot of events, a lot of carpets that are colored. Um, now my game plan is I try to I try to have fun with with like whoever I'm gonna talk to and everything. Like when it comes to you and some people bring games. Some people sneak in liquor, like, take a shot with me, bro. And that's how they get people and stuff. Like, what's your approach on this? Because, like, I'm always trying to up my game. So, what right. can I so the, you? Yeah, absolutely. The red carpet was my, the ESPYs, at least, was my first red carpet event. So, I made sure to kind of see what the celebrities that were at least show, showing up were up to, what they've been up to. So, I kind of, you know, was updated on their projects as of lately. But... Other than that, like you said, just being really personable with them. I mean, all of them came super decked out, and, and it was hot. So all the girls are wearing their gowns, their jewelry, hair down and stuff. So I'm asking all of them, you know, what's your fashion essentials? What are you putting on for a big carpet like this? Because for most of the ones I interviewed, it was their first carpet and their first time. So kind of getting a feel of how they go about it, too. I think whenever you ask them their fashion taste or favorite anything, it always goes good. They're, they're always ready to give up the, the favorites. They love to talk about themselves. Uh, <laughs> Markazi, I see you over there smiling. Well, uh, you know what? Because I mean, we had a good time on the red carpet, but just you were uh, you're 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 so talented and so personable, Adrian Hernandez. I did the first and last name on that one. I was your cameraman, I so I I I was like, listen, I'm not I'm not going to steal this man's shine. Uh, give me your camera. But it was also listen. We're 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 a new company. We're we're still working uh, things out. Um, so I forgot what your tripod situation was, but it it wasn't. Um, I was you. your own personal tripod that particular night. <laughs> Let me tell you what the situation was. It was Amazon, what's on Amazon Prime, and the cheapest fucking <laughs> fast. So shout out to my $15 tripod that I'm using right now. But you got to work with what you have. You know what I'm saying? Something happened with the microphone. Things happen. Um, real quick before we get off and get into like all the sports, <laughs> I'm trying to cover what really matters, which again, let's get back on the red carpet to the ESPYs. Um, uh, and while I feel like I'm on E with this question I'm about to ask, Marissa, what were you wearing and who do you think was best dressed? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, 
So I was wearing, I want to look presentable too, right? So I was actually wearing a long gown as well, but the mistake I made was not putting my hair up. I left it down like a lot of the other girls there. So, and it was hot, at least 95 out on Hollywood Boulevard, out on the asphalt with the sun just beaming on you. So it was rough, but I loved my dress. I thought, I thought it was really cute. Best dress though. Oh my goodness, that is tough. I would have to say MJ Acosta from the NFL Network. Her dress, I mean, I'm a fan of dresses, so her dress was great, as well as Flaugé Johnson um, from LSU. She came out with the all-purple look and, you know, really on brand. Nice. Hey, Marissa, it's Brandon here. I also cover the Angels. I just wanted to ask you about, like, I've been there. I've been in the clubhouse, too. Uh, tell the listeners about your experience being in the clubhouse, specifically with a team that's trying to make a playoff push and buying at the deadline. Right, absolutely. So, especially before the trade deadline, I mean, approaching all the Otani stuff, you could just tell amongst the reporters, at least being in the clubhouse, we're kind of always antsy to see what's going to happen next and if there's any news as far as his trade, if he was going to go, where he was going to go. Um, obviously, we found out that he wasn't going anywhere and he's going to stick around a little longer, but also getting a feel for the players. I think the players as well, you know, they obviously really wanted to keep him. That was pretty much the consensus around the around the locker room, around the clubhouse, was that they've learned from him. According to them, he's a vet on their team, so they didn't really want to see him go anywhere. So being in that locker room, it's definitely, it's a good environment because they're, of course, all, you know, they all get along. They're all friends with each other. Seeing Rangivo mess with Otani right next to him in the in the clubhouse before some games. It's a blast, but after staying, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that camaraderie in the clubhouse more. Yeah, I, I still have to make it out there. Like I was telling you guys, I mean, when you show Hey Otani, transcendent talent, generational talent, um, he's just a short drive, short train ride if I wanted to take the train away. So at some point, I, I got to figure it out. I got to make it happen. And I get super jealous when I see Brandon at a uh, two home run, 10 strikeout game. And I'm like, eh, you know what? That probably would have been worth the, uh, the uh, drive at some point. Um, Marissa, you also cover the Clippers. One last, listen, there, there's two big trades potentially looming. Damian Lillard, maybe we'll go to the Heat. James Harden, though, could be coming to Los Angeles to join the Clippers. I think it would be a fantastic train wreck to cover. I, I don't know if that makes them a championship team or not, but it'd be fun for um, you, I'm sure. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Would you like to see James Harden join the Clippers? I would absolutely love to see it. I don't know as far as, you know, relationships on the team, how it would specifically, like you said, work out over the season. But I think any sort of depth that you could add to a roster is always good. And James Harden, we know, is a great, phenomenal basketball player, especially on offense. You have kind of otherwise shaky players as far as injuries go in PG and as well as... Um, I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard, I don't know why it missed me for a second. But I think anytime you add depth like that, especially with a talent like that, it's hard to say no, and it's hard to not want him on your roster, right? But I know there's um, been some talk about maybe trying to trade him for Terrence Mann, and I don't know if the Clippers are going to want to do that. I think they're a big fan of having Terrence on their team. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out, but I would love to see him in L.A. for sure. Yeah. I think it's I think it's time to get back to the important stuff, not the, hypo <laughs> not the hypothetical stuff. 
the stuff that that's already existing and has happened again on our social media at the sporting trip marissa i need more advice i need more help okay so i'm i'm on my way to detroit and i believe i'm working something out with the tigers where i'm gonna oh. go to the game on sunday i'm gonna try to go around the ballpark maybe try their food you know what i'm saying really get a taste of detroit at this game and oh, you did a fantastic job before sorry, the season I think I lost started. you guys for a second, or at least Adrian. Oh. Hold on, am I still there? See, we're dealing we're dealing with some technical issues with Marissa. Yeah, we're gonna I, let her I'm out. Sorry, I'm right by the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so so jealous. Show us the ocean at the end. But just you did a great job with the Angels previewing like the food that you can go buy at the games and stuff. I'm kind of like doing the same, but I'm not. I'm not the foodie on Instagram. Like I'm not the at dinner, take a snapshot of the, the steak and post it on the story. That's not my vibe. So I need tips. Do I need the camera with the light to beam it on there? Like what, what's the game plan? Absolutely. So I have the little clip on camera from Amazon, that little lighting panel. And that's a lifesaver because you can have the right there angle. You Absolutely. Yes. You can have the right angle. You know, you could set your camera up to the right format in your settings, but if the lighting's not there, the food just doesn't look appetizing. And I think, <laughs> there you go. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I've recorded this whole episode without turning on my lights because I'm so <laughs> sorry. Keep going. I'll just get set up. Why not? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any definitely take a light with you for sure. And just like you though, that was probably my first time really trying to be a foodie on social media. I'm a foodie off of social media in real life for sure. So it wasn't really too hard to kind of, you know, merge avenues, but definitely a light, definitely be ready to get full because if there's some tasty, tasty food, you're definitely <laughs> going to get full by the end of the day and desserts. Make sure you go visit the dessert bar because yeah. I mean, you have to, especially mm -hmm. the, the angels, mm -hmm. their chocolate chip cookies. I was there all day. <laughs> Okay, that's important. And um, guys, are we ready to, to jump into some controversy? Oh, boy. I, I wanted to ask a question first. Yeah. But All right, here we go. I mean, I, let's, before, let's go. before Adrian starts getting this out of hand and asking some crazy <laughs> questions, Marissa, I know you've been covering the Rams. Um, you're there right now. What's the expectation for this team, you know, considering they have, I think, the most rookies that are on the roster of any other team in the NFL? Um, they're coming off of an injury-prone year. The Niners are a great team. The Seahawks are a great team. Is there an expectation they can get back to contention this year, assuming Cup and Stafford can stay healthy? I mean, that's assuming, right? You you mentioned at least ha about half of the roster, at least, is first or second year players. So, I mean, they do have the vets to look up to. I know Stafford, one of his first uh, vet rest days that he took off in training camp, he kind of took that time to mentor um, Stetton Bennett and kind of, you know, show him the ropes. So I think his fellow Bulldog, too. So definitely a good person to learn from. But in, like you said, it's their first or second season. So it's always up in the air whenever they're a new talent. Sometimes they could go, you know, all the way and lead their team to playoffs or God forbid, you know, Stafford does get injured and we do need to count on Ben. On, uh, ben. If he doesn't have that experience, it might not go the right yeah. way. So it's always touchy when you have a new roster. But I would hope that with the vets they have on their team, if they mentor them right, I, I could definitely see them making it at least close to playoffs for sure. How were the vibes at Rams camp, by the way? Because that's super important as well. I'm all about vibes today. Hashtag vibes. I their playlist. 
<laughs> Big vibes guy. No, I need their playlist for sure. I was standing right in front of the speaker during um, one-on-ones and during the 11-on-11s and their playlist I need for sure. It got me hyped up and I was just taking photos. The Raiders, the Raiders are, tend to be more country for some reason. I don't know why that is. Wow. Um, but we're, we're, are, are the Rams more hip-hop based or like what are we listening to? Some Miguel? Like what's going on? Oh yeah, you, know, you had you had some Lil Wayne and some Drake. You had um, who else? Let's see. You know, there was some surprisingly. I heard a f- little female R and B, which I was surprised to hear. But apparently, for the athletes, it hit. But yeah, mostly mostly hip hop, Lil Wayne and Drake. Nice. By the way, for anyone who's ever joined us in a car, Marissa has the cleanest car. So congratulations on that. Um, this will be my final question. <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts? Did you see Barbie? Do you have a review? Oppenheimer no. review? I actually saw Oppenheimer over Barbie. I haven't seen Barbie yet. What? No, I know. What's the review? I heard it's What's great review? too. Um, Oppenheimer. All if you don't know, it's three hours. So be prepared. Before <laughs> Before you go into it, yes, use the bathroom before the whole nine yards. Um, great storytelling, first great cinematic movie. It was amazing, definitely lengthy. A lot of it was, you know, leading up to their uh, testing in, I believe it was New Mexico, where they were going to set off that bomb. But once it happened, that was like the climax. So a big part of the second half was the what happened after, which was still interesting, but definitely need to stay awake for the whole three hours towards the I'm end. seeing it tonight by the way I'm oh, seeing it in there we go. 70 70 mm tonight um my girlfriend saw it a few days ago with her with her dad and I said probably not the best movie to go see alone with your dad considering the un- you know there's a uh, a few um let's say intimate scenes in there and you know next <laughs> yeah. year, her father I'm probably not- wasn't the most comfortable situation Absolutely. I'm a big Florence Pugh fan, but I did not know going into the movie um, what her role would specifically be in it. So I was took me by surprise for sure. I have a question for uh, both Marissa and for Brandon. No matter what you guys do for the rest of your careers, I think one of the highlights will be covering Shohei Otani. I know for as long as I do whatever uh, that I do in sports journalism. People will ask what it was like covering Kobe. And I remember my first couple years, it was Kobe and Shaq, which was very cool. Um, I think you guys do realize who you're covering. I mean, this is a we're, – we haven't seen this since Babe Ruth. This is a different game since Babe played. Uh, you are seeing the modern-day Babe Ruth. And, and Brandon, I'll start with you, then to Marissa. I mean, when you're – again, Brandon, you covered one of the quintessential – Shohei games, the two home run, 10 strikeout game. While you're sitting there watching that, do you take a moment to like appreciate that? Or are you working on your takeaways? I mean, take me through that process. Yeah, I mean, it was excellent to see that. Uh, Shohei is so talented, and hopefully he spends his whole career in an Angels uniform. We'll see. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I think he'll resign. But they're after losing two out of three to the Braves, entering the Seattle series today. It's going to be... They're in a tough position. They're in, I mean, the Blue Jays own the tiebreaker. The Rangers and Astros got better. Um, I'll start here. It's it's excellent watching this year. The team loves each other, just like Marissa mentioned. It's a camar- There's a lot of camaraderie in the dugout. Now, I don't know about in the clubhouse. I don't know about the new guys. I'm sure Crone and Grichak, who formerly were Angels in the Angels organization, like each other. 
But yeah, I'm working usually on my article, but I stop and I'm just in awe, you know, like throwing 10 strikeouts and two home runs. I played obviously at a high level and it, it, like for him to do that against, against, you know, that type of pitching at the MLB level and striking out. I mean, it's, we'll never see anything like this again. He's the greatest baseball player that's ever lived. And I think we just need to appreciate it, you know, more and more. And I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm sure Marissa is too at, at watching, witnessing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's that like for you, yeah. yeah, that double header performance he had not too long ago. I mean, the first game you go out and you throw a one hit shutout. And then you just take a 30-minute break, you know, go to the clubhouse, get some water, kick up your feet for 30 minutes, and then go back out and hit multiple home runs in the next game. I mean, it's unbelievable. And like you said, Arash, he's breaking Babe Ruth records, putting up Babe Ruth numbers, but this is a whole different game. That was years ago. Now you add more rules, you add more, you know, just um, boundaries as far as restrictions that things you could do, and he still finds a way just to put on phenomenal performances for fans. So, like Brandon, I'm hoping that he stays in an Angel uniform. I do see it happening if they happening if they make the postseason. That being said, they do have a very tough month in August, so... And they have a few guys out right now that I think they were kind of hoping on uh, giving Otani that support. So it's going to be interesting to see where he pans out after this season. Um, hopefully he stays because, like you said, I love covering him. He's a great player. I think when you have a great personality like his, too, and you're a jokester, just makes you all around a great athlete and someone people want to be around and cover for sure. So, Adrian, I'm going to give you the last word because we're not going to see you. You're going to be off to Detroit covering SummerSlam. Very jealous. You got to try a, a, a Coney dog. I'm sure I don't know if you're familiar with that. Basically, a Detroit version of a chili cheese hot dog. Go to Greek Town, get some great Greek food, best Greek food, I think, outside of Greece. My man, what are you most looking forward to in the last 30 seconds for SummerSlam? I'm looking forward. Forget SummerSlam. Just follow Sporting Tribune <laughs> at Sporting Trib on social media. You'll get my content, Marissa's content, Arash's content, Brandon's content at the Sporting Trip throughout social media, YouTube, subscribe, follow, do all that. I'll be posting all my stuff from Detroit. They're covering the Angels. We got you covered throughout the entire country, baby. Is that good? I'm going to miss all of you. You're the best. All right. That is all the time we have for today. Until tomorrow, this is Arash Barkazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.